truth response. Not that this is, you know, a mega topic or anything. Big. I was thinking about today. Um, I'm doing a through the Bible in three years, just like one chapter a day with with my group of guys. And, cool. Um, I remember when I was just starting off too. Oh. <laughs> One of the things that, I mean, we're going, you know, it flips back and forth, Old Testament, New Testament, and all yeah. that. Um, and something, I have it read to me. That's how I, my brain can function a little better. And make use of your time while driving. Um, usually I listen to it a couple of times through, though, mm. just to really... Sit in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and today, I can't find it, though. And Deuteronomy... Right, I'm reading, and or it's reading to me. Uh, and it starts talking about different things that uh, are an abomination, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And the very first thing that generally I feel comes to mind when people say that God considers it an abomination is homosexuality, right? That's mm. the first thing. But, like... There's a lot of things that, at least in near Deuteronomy 20-ish, mm-hmm. 25 is where I'm at right now, but, like, that God's like, this is an abomination. This the Lord a- finds this as an abomination. It's like, abominable it's not just, I mean, really what it comes down to is things that are just sinful, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, really just, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's just something that kind of stuck out to me today. I, like I said, it's not nothing. Nothing that like. What are the things? Big. Well, I can't find it. What the crap? I know. I'm dude. looking through. Can't you just look at what your plan is for today? I am looking at the plan for today. Oh. So it says you shall not have in your bag two kinds of weights, a large and a small. You shall not have in your house two kinds of measures, a large and a small. A full and fair weight you shall have. A full and fair measure you shall have. uh, That your days may be long in the land that your Lord God is giving you. For all who do such things, all who act dishonestly, Mm -hmm. are an abomination to the Lord your God. Yeah, so that one could be kind of confusing to most people because you're like um well i've got this rack at home that's got multiple weights on it does that mean when i lift those weights i'm an abomination to god yes okay no yeah so it's all has to do with with dishonesty is is what it is the different weights and the different measures is somebody's paying for a certain amount of something and you use you use the little scoop instead of the big scoop you use the uh the light weight to balance it out instead of the the bigger weight to balance it out. So it's all just dishonesty is what it comes down to. Cheating. It's cheating someone else out of what they're due. Right. And then there's one that's, uh, let's see, talking about divorce. Mm-hmm. That's a, a that's an abomination. tough topic yeah. in, in the church. There's a lot that the Bible says that I think the church doesn't want to say. Mm. Um, but but it talks about um, if a man basically divorces a woman and 
then she marries another, and then she divorces him, or they get a those two get a divorce. Um, that his wife, then her former husband, who sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife after she has so the original been defiled. Yeah, for that is an abomination before the Lord, which is really kind of interesting uh if you think about it because we generally those of us who are pretty hardcore about divorce Mm -hmm. um which i land in that category i don't i don't talk about it and i don't i don't like hit hit hard on people or anything like that Mm -hmm. but my stance where i land on it is pretty pretty harsh Mm -hmm. um so but for those of us who talk about it we we're generally all about reconciliation and going back to the the your original husband right mm-hmm. but it's really interesting because like if it's happened twice you're not supposed to go i mean according to to this you know right. like that's that's what it's talked about and it's just like whoa interesting so thinking about other contexts where this kind of thing reveals itself in scripture and immediately i think about uh hosea and you think about hosea and gomer and how God called Hosea, who's a prophet. He's a he's a, the good guy, really, in all in the whole thing. He's supposed to go out marry this woman, Gomer, who is a prostitute. Yeah. And so he takes her as a wife. They have kids, and then she leaves and finds herself back into prostitution. And then he goes and he buys her back. And that's all via God's command. So is, is God conflicted in all of this? Did he perhaps change his mind? Well, Scripture doesn't tell us in this area that he changes his mind. But in other areas, it does. And we can get into that another day if you'd like. Okay. Um, we can get into it today, too, if you wanted. But, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think he's changed his mind. Um probably a couple of different things that could be said about mm. it uh one is it's big time foreshadowing of how god uh god sees us right. you know um specifically i think in the time god's people israel you know is is who it was specifically about but i think us as christians even sure. today is the same way um that regardless of how many times you know <laughs> we we keep going back to what we knew, right? Mm-hmm. The sinful nature. Um, God still yearns for us and longs for us and mm-hmm. really leaves the 99 for us. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a big thing, I think. And he accepts us back mm-hmm. every time, you know. Yep. Um, but I don't know. Where does that land with all of that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Book of Hosea is obviously... Uh, well, I think this this bears some weight, some added weight, because we look at that story, I think, for face value and don't necessarily look at it in the context of who the audience was. So yeah. our face value is like, oh, that's like, maybe we're on the, in the camp of, why would God make him do that? And then maybe we're in the camp of like, man, that's a man who's really faithful to God. Mm-hmm. Or we're like, that's a man who's really faithful to his wife. Like... Regardless of how horrible she acted to him, he was he was willing to satisfy what God said and 
I mean, basically he gave everything for her. He talked about how much money he gave for her, and then he didn't have enough money, perhaps, that he had to give other goods to satisfy what the cost of a female slave was. So he bought her back to bring her back into the fold, even though she abandoned her family and was back in that life of promiscuity. So, yeah, good illustration there for how God views us, because regardless, I mean, she had a good home, essentially, on the face of it. We don't know what her day-to-day interactions were like with her husband and her kids and any of those kind of things, but there was something inside of her that said, oh, no, you got to go back out and do this thing. There's somehow more Mm. fulfillment in there. And all the while, just like God, when he's asking us to come in and enter into that relationship with him, and he's willing to provide for us and to walk with us and to to care for us, and so often we just push him away. So there's a really deep illustration there, but you don't see the weight of that if you're not looking at it in the context of that law either. Like, maybe you get a little bit of that, but now look at look at the added layer of depth and substance to that. Right. Which is now, wow, God is saying, this is an abomination, but here's the deal. I want you to step into that abomination and offer redemption in the midst of that abomination. And that's exactly what Hosea does, which is exactly, which is the foreshadowing and the illustration of exactly what God does for us through Jesus. So that's really powerful. I, I mean, I know I've read that a bunch of times, but I've never thought about that in this context right now. Right, and that's actually what I'm finding about going through this plan is, mm. like, I'm starting to put together um, things that I had never really seen before. Mm. You know, uh, us doing this podcast and um, just the added, like, things that I'm having to do or choosing to do. Um, that in in regards to the Bible, the deep thought thinking processes and stuff, mm-hmm. and then just doing this simple little Bible reading, you know, one one chapter you'd think is like, you know, not not a huge deal, but like, it's I'm seeing connections I'd never seen before, you mm-hmm. know, things mm-hmm. that I'd never really thought before, and it's it's really a neat it's a really neat thing to to see the Bible come alive again. When, to be honest with you, like, for a long time, I struggled with the Bible seeming alive, you know, mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. and uh, I had just, you know, in my mindset, you know, the idea that I've read it all mm-hmm. several times, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's none of it's new to me, and, you know, like, I know what it says, you mm-hmm. know, and I know... I know how to explain a lot of the concepts without necessarily having to use it specifically. Mm. Um, But it's just been cool to see, like, things like this, where it's like the word abomination pops out, and it's like, okay, like, this is not the first time. You know, I just went back. This is the chapter before. So, Mm. you know, I'm starting to hear these words over and over again, Mm. you know, and it's like, man really it just really hit me today like i got to thinking i mean the church is quick to say abomination when it comes to to uh to like homosexuality and stuff like that but like we don't talk about this Mm -hmm. 
you know, like, and it's all almost, I mean, not exclusively, but it, most of what is quoted is Old Testament, you know, when, mm-hmm. when people are like abomination, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it's a, but it's like, what about, what about the divorce, you know? Yeah. What about, yeah. what about these other things that are also sinful? Mm-hmm. And then people will throw the excuse for, and this is, this is, I won't get too far into it, um, but I mean, like, people will throw out, well, you know, there, there was, you know, the one exception for those who, uh, who were caught in adultery and Mm -hmm. that gives legal right to divorce your, your spouse or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I, I get that that was allowed, but that was never just okay with God, Mm -hmm. you know, and neither was a King, right? Like, Mm -hmm having a, a an earthly king was never okay with God. Mm-hmm. He allowed it, which, I mean, can lean into some things, like sometimes he allows for us to have something we beg for mm-hmm. to our detriment, right? Like, fine, you want this? There you go. Yep. I mean, look at Solomon. Yep. He went and wanted wisdom at the cost of, like, screwing up a million different ways, you know? Yep. It's, I mean, I don't know. It, so I see, I, I know I land on a, on a tough, a tough line on, on that topic, but man, it's, it's very interesting when you start actually paying closer attention to, um, some of the old laws that are talked about and especially when he's summing them up in Deuteronomy, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, it's it's interesting to see the things that jump off the page at you when when you're not mm-hmm. you know not expecting it mm-hmm. yeah and what loses some some people in this is we we look at the laws of Deuteronomy and oftentimes we feel compelled to have to satisfy the letter of those laws as well and um and those laws were meant for a distinct people and distinct purpose at a distinct time in history as well. The yeah. context of those laws and the undergirding um, a teaching behind those laws, that is the stuff that goes on forever. I mean, that's the stuff where that God built his new covenant upon, was upon relationship. I mean, and, and you'll find that just about every one of the laws that God God gives is directed specifically to relationship. Right. And, I mean, and that's really what was fractured in the beginning. It was relationship. It was it was the relationship between humanity and God. Which it was there's four four laws that are us and God, right? Mm-hmm. Like out of the 10 yep. major ones. Yep. You know, and then you've got it's interesting that the connection between us and nature isn't talked about in any of the laws. It's fair, yeah. Uh, but then again, that was part of the curse, too, was that, oh, you're going to continue doing this. Yep. It's just now going to be exhausting and uh, and painful. Uh, but then there's six that are like us and others. Yep. You know? Hmm. Yeah. That's And that's a, that's a big... It's a big thing we've got to recognize with, I think it can, I know it can get really hard because we're in New Covenant time, we're, we're not, we're not Jews, right? Right. And 
Paul's pretty clear, don't go be Jews if you're not Jews. Like, don't bind yourself to that law as well, because I've given you a new law, a different right. law, through Christ. So, but you still are bound to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, which are the, the two primary violations that you find in the garden. We yeah. abandoned God. We didn't have him as our first love. We had us as our first love. And then when you get to the that moment where God's calling Adam and Eve on the carpet, immediately they're blame shifting. So yeah. it's it's the, the man blaming God and then the man blaming the woman and then the woman blaming the serpent. And no one is saying, oh, like my bad. I definitely messed that one up. I wonder what would have changed yeah. had ownership been taken, you know, like, yeah. had Adam just been like, yeah, I screwed up, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, yeah. like, it's one of those things that, like, uh, the buck would have stopped there to some extent potentially I mean, yeah you, you think i mean god might have turned to the woman then and been like well what about you you know i i don't know that's super interesting i mean i don't i don't know that the serpent could have been any more punished than what he was i don't we don't really i don't think understand what that meant by by he's you know cursed to crawl on his belly and yeah. all that you know I mean, like i think that's a shame thing like sure this is sure this is the shame this is what you're destined for this is what you're determined to um you will have no standing in in creation any longer and we chuck that up to satan mm-hmm. I, I don't i i mean i haven't even done any kind of studies to really firm that up or you know discredit that but if you yeah. think about it like I mean, sure, he it's a shame thing, but at the same time, like, he really, it's nothing new from him. I mean, if mm-hmm. he's the father of lies and mm-hmm. he's, you know, like, no skin off his back. Right. I mean, and I don't know that he is going to truly care all that much until the end, right? right. Like, that's, that's, that's what not going to be a big deal. You right, find a lot of that in Revelation. Him. So you find that Satan concept in Revelation 12, where you have the encounter of the dragon, the red dragon is introduced, mm-hmm. and the war that happens there in uh, between Michael and his angels, and the dragon and, and his angels, and then it goes on to tell us who that is, that it's the Satan, that it's the ancient serpent. Ancient serpent is meant to take us right back to, to Genesis 2 and 3. Um, that he is that he is the enemy that he is mm-hmm. he is the Satan um, he is the devil uh, so so it, it all pulls it back together in uh, as you continue on in the context of scripture so you find those things emerge and and so yeah that presumably from what you can gain through the context clues yeah that was the enemy at work. And I wonder if, like, his punishment was more f- wisdom for Adam and Eve, too. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, when he was cursed, it was him, I mean, it was God saying, hey, look, the things that comes from him are essentially evil, are, are, are bad, you know, mm-hmm. like, 
don't don't listen to that voice mm-hmm. you know because before that it wasn't really stated i'm assuming or else they wouldn't have you know i mean there was no need to and just because you have the ability to um understand wisdom knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. uh they weren't i don't think given all understanding it was just an unlocked ability to right. to then i guess think freely i i don't really know if because they were thinking freely before that anyways i mean yeah. that was god but, gave them the freedom he he gave them the free he didn't want he didn't right. va- he didn't mask anything from them right so there's uh, i know there's a lot of discussion around well like why would God make this tree of knowledge of good and evil and purposefully put it in the garden where they reside right. and tell them immediately, don't eat from that tree? <clears throat> and there's a lot of scholars kind of think that it was in the same vicinity as the tree of life as well. So they were walking well, past two, two this trees tree. in the center. I mean, it does yeah. talk about there being. Yeah. And some people, center, some people, unquote, some people know. also look at it as it's, one in the same tree. One side of it is this knowledge of good and evil. One, one side of it. So I've never heard of that. But. Yeah, a lot, a lot of different theories about what that looks like. Um, but regardless, there's that. Why would God do that? And it's because he didn't. He didn't create us to be his slaves. He created us to be his image bearers. And he he wants. I mean, we, I know we've talked about what real love looks like. It it's the freedom to make the right choice, even in in the the eyes of temptation. So mm-hmm. they opted to abandon their place, their standing, and their relationship with God in order to pursue their own selfish gain. Yeah. And God gave them that freedom and he gives us that freedom as well to you can choose. You can you can either obey, you can either understand the fullness of who I am, you can either lean into that or you can choose to do whatever you want to. And there's consequences for both. It's up to you. And that's not God being disconnected or that's not God being, um, uh, being harsh in his judgment that comes at the end either. That's really God being loving is Mm. you have the opportunity to make this decision and you're still going to fail. You're still going to get it wrong, but I'm going to be there with you through this as well. And I'm going to remind you from time to time, even if you run away from me, hey, I'm here. Like that hard thing you're going through, yeah, I'm here. Right. The good thing you just experienced, like I'm hearing that too. You know how you're not satisfied with anything you ever do in life, even though you think that that's the thing that's going to bring you satisfaction? I'm here. Here I am. Yeah. So So God's in the midst of of everything that we're doing, and it's it's his incredible love that allowed that. And not to mention, it's his love that brought that brought the veil and the separation as well. He wanted to continue to commune with humanity, but that couldn't exist along with the sin of humanity. And so, you find that God God puts the veil up between heaven and earth, and He's no longer directly, maybe physically, communing with humanity as He did before. But then, what do you find happening? Is you find it's God creating ways for humanity to continue to come back into relationship with him. Hmm. So first the tent, tabernacle, then the temple. You go from, and him stepping into the context of humanity as well, we're wanderers, so you get a tent, I'm going to be with you in that. 
now you're a nation, now build a temple and I'm going to be with you there, to Christ who takes them from this forming, this, peop- this nation just beginning to form to a nation settled to now all people. So it's, it's really cool how you find around just about every corner of Scripture and embedded in every one of the covenants that's given is this, uh, this mending of the relationship that God didn't even fracture, that we fractured with him. Mm. So it's really cool to see God show up in, in all those ways. Yeah. Yeah, we we talking about talking about, you know, God saying certain things are abominable and um talking about you know, his rules for us and and why his rules, but like that begs the question of who is God? Mm. Who is God to be able to 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 dictate all of this to us, you know? Uh, who is who is God really in in the grand scheme of things and and I mean that that then asks why why does he have the right to mm-hmm. to say you know who lives who dies there's a big question of you know God um, God saying you know wipe out all these nations and all the way men women children all you know, livestock mm-hmm. the whole the whole yeah. gamut you know um but you know all that comes back to who who is who is god to to be able to say these things yeah and i know that that's that's one of the topics that opens up you know this this sunday mm-hmm. um which is going to be this last sunday when everybody's listening to it but <laughs> um that's what we're talking about this week with uh uh the rooted series yeah. that we're kicking Kick off, off of rooted. um so so who is god yeah i it's a big question really and everybody tries to answer it in in all of their own ways and one of the you know one of the the primary places that we as a people have come to that really would have been incredibly uncommon in the ancient world is that god doesn't exist there is no such thing he's just make-believe and we try to justify that with some of our ideologies and it's really our pride and our ego that gets in the way but it seems like the the more you pursue to understand using things like science just creation as a whole you can't help but understand that there's got to be a cause for all of it. Which is ironic, because, like, if you look at... I mean, look at ancient times, right? Mm-hmm. Every culture had gods. Yep. Every single Everyone. one. Everyone, yep. And as we gain knowledge and understanding and science and all these things, th- those other gods were all starting to get disproven. That's why they stop yeah. worshiping them most of the time, right? Like, it's, yeah. oh, there's a thunder god, you know, whatever. Like, that's, oh, thunder is a, a, you know, a naturally occurring yeah. thing. That's not a, a deity doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, and so all that stuff went aside. And, and so we see that as we move along in in life in six, eight, ten, however many thousands of years that, people believe that humanity has been on the earth um that you know as we get more scientific 
we start disproving all of, at least all of the gods that are obviously man-made. Right. Right. Um, and I'm trying to keep it open-ended intentionally, you know, but like the things that, that, you know, they worship as rain and, Mm -hmm. and all these different things, you know, like those things get disproven because Mm -hmm. we understand them better. Um, but there's still the religions that aren't based on that, you know? Um, I mean, the three, the three big ones, you know, is, is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Mm -hmm. Those three are not based on gods that are just explained because of naturally occurring things. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, it's, it's beyond that. It's because of an understanding of there has to be right. A God. Um, And it's interesting because each of the big three have the same exact starting point. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, really, in Genesis is the same starting point. I've never read the, the um, what's it? Quran. Quran, yeah. I was going to say Torah, and I was like, that's not right. Um, I was going to, I never read the Quran, but, you it's know. It's been a long time since I've read any of it, but. It's still an Abrahamic religion. So it's, I mean, everything kind of essentially up to Abraham is, hey, we agree on all those things. Right. Which is... To some degree. Really right. weird, yeah, that, right. we, that I mean, we all agree as on. As far as historically goes, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I would say that that the Islamic God, Allah, and Yahweh are two completely different. Right, right. Like, and, and I think that anybody who truly follows Islam would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think that anybody who says to the same God or, you know, whatever, that's, they, they don't know enough about either one of them, right. uh, to really stand on anything. Right. So, but well, you could yeah, say, I mean, historically speaking, yeah. yes. I and mean, you could say that about a lot of different things too. You can say that about, you can say that about some denominations within the quote unquote Christian faith too. You could say that about Mormons. Yeah. You say about Jehovah's Witnesses, like they use all the same books that we use of the Bible. They're translated differently, not accurately, but they say we worship the same God and that we believe in the same Jesus of the Bible, and yet they've completely manipulated who bo- who who Jesus is and who God ultimately is as well. So, is it the same God? Is it the same? Jesus that they're talking of, even though they're using the same teachings, I can't be. Well, yeah, and and Mormonism is is one that that one's <laughs> really, if people understood it, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but it's really kind of a joke. Mm. And and the reason I say that is because the longer you're in it, the higher up you're in it, the more it changes. Mm. Like at a surface level, when you go in, a lot of times they're teaching the same things that we're teaching. Mm-hmm. And then when you get up to the next level of whatever responsibility, maybe, I I don't know what you want to call it Mm -hmm. out of respect, but like there's other things, there's hidden knowledge, there's new things that come about. Mm -hmm. And once you get like up in there, like it's not congruent, Mm -hmm. like things don't mesh. It's Mm -hmm. new things, Mm -hmm. things that don't agree with things before, you Mm -hmm. know, like, it's actually contradictory, yep. you know, to things that have come before. So, I mean, I, like I said, I don't mean this in any disrespect to people who are Mormon, mm-hmm. but it, <laughs> realistically speaking, 
anything that changes to that great a magnitude, the the further in you get, the I don't know, the more of a, a joke I feel like it becomes. <laughs> I mean, really, because I mean, why would you want to follow something that's not truthful? Right. At least from the get go. Yeah. Right. That's and not I the same like, as same from the beginning as right, it is to as the end. end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. Within Christianity, I mean, yes, we have a bunch of different denominations, and we're split over a lot of different things, right? Mm -hmm. But all of the core stuff, we want you to know at the forefront, mm -hmm. right? Like, all of the things that actually matter between all of it, Christians want you to know as, even before you start, most mm -hmm. of the time. You know, like, we want you to understand it so that you can hop right in and join us like uh, yep. that's that's one of those things that that sounded kind of culty but um <laughs> join <laughs> us come drink this drink it's really good yeah we have cookies <laughs> and cake and, and uh you know the baptists have potlucks every other sunday um <laughs> so i don't know like i i just i i if you're you're gonna you know believe something like as far as a religion goes for sure like mm -hmm. truth matters in that like yeah. truth doesn't change reality is what reality is yeah. it's not based upon your perception of it or what level of faith you have yep. or whatever like the truth is stationary yep. it is it's an it's absolute it's god right yep. like it yeah. the truth is god yeah. it's it is what it is it yep. just it, it is because it exists. Uh, yep. it, and it can't be anything other than what it is. And reality is that way, too. Yep. And I know that we've, we've had discussions on here about <clears throat> perception of reality versus reality. And uh, how we, we, all, we all end up looking at reality from our perception mm -hmm. of it. Um, but we all should, right? Perfect world. We all should look at it, or at least try to look at it from what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the goal of our legal system, mm -hmm. at least on the onset. Um, that was, you know, that's why we get, the, even, even scripturally speaking, like, you're supposed to have multiple witnesses mm -hmm. of something. Um, and that's because one witness just doesn't remember things the way they are. Mm -hmm. You know, they get bits it's and pieces. Unreliable. And that's just yep. because we can't, we're not perfect. We mm -hmm. can't remember everything exactly how things happen, right. you know. And one we witness. perceived it from a certain angle. A one certain, witness is easily manipulated. That, that was too. the other piece yeah. of that multiple witness thing is if I'm intimidating enough, I can intimidate you into making the statement that I want you to believe. It gets twice as hard sure the more you know the more witnesses right, that we right. we the put on difficulty definitely multiplies yeah um but even just from a, a simple more simplistic standpoint mm -hmm. of the it's because our perception of reality is different yeah. from everyone else's yep. you know where we're at in life what we've gone through literally the place in which we're standing yep. versus where someone else is standing um i mean you can have 15 witnesses and they all say the, the polo that the guy was wearing was a different color. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, you'll realize that it was a polo that he was wearing mm -hmm. or what, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you have to have all of that to put together what 
actually probably happened. Yes. And unless you have video footage, you're not going to know exactly. Right. Right? So, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things that, like, we should be striving to understand what reality actually is. Yep. And if we come at things from a mindset of, I understand that I perceived it a certain way, yep. but it actually was a certain way, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we all know that it's going to be a little bit different than what we, I think that's whenever we start actually coming together as, as humans, as right. people, yeah. um, especially as Christians. Yep. Uh, that's when you see um, denominations coming together for the good of the kingdom. That's when you see um, brothers, sisters, even people perceived as, you know, um, enemy i don't know like mm. coming together mm. for a common common good you know like people you don't necessarily see eye to eye with when you start both looking at things from a perspective of okay there is a reality something actually did happen mm. and my version of it my my perception of it mm-hmm. i will hold true to but i know that i could i could have made some mistakes in that you know mm-hmm. like i could have seen things differently and incorrectly mm-hmm. um and that's it's things to start coming together and and so uh in that still who was god mm-hmm. i mean yeah well and, and back to that god you know the first pers- per, the first the first idea is that he doesn't exist and we've got a lot of things that testify to his existence. We've got very few things that testify to the fact that he couldn't exist, and those things are pretty unreliable and shaky. I, I love what what Frank Turek's, you know, the title of his podcast is and his best-selling book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, Yeah, because it takes a profound amount of faith to even spit in the faith in the face of the, the sciences that say something happened. Something doesn't happen without a cause. There has to be a cause that's bigger than the thing that happened. Well, all of this goes back to in the beginning. Yeah. And so something had to be bigger than the entirety of the universe, more profound than the entirety of the universe, more substantial than, than humanity, more substantial than, than the earth and all that's created in it. Something had to make all of that happen. And... You get to that point, and if you're an atheist, you can't even go to that point. At least we can go to that point and say, in the beginning, God. Like, right. the Bible's clear, and it doesn't only say it one time. It says it several times. So yeah. we know that God happened in the beginning. God is the one that said, let there be, and there was. God is the one that used this immediate big bang, right, potentially, that caused everything to begin to happen, and... We've got scientific evidence to prove that the universe had a starting point, and if it had a starting point, it means it had something that caused that starting point, and it means that there was something bigger than that starting point that had to had to set it all in motion. Right. So I, I was I was uh, watching an interview on YouTube a couple of days ago, and somebody was talking about how well now there's there's evidence that there were possible universes before this universe and an infinite number of universes before now. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not possible. Like Mm -hmm. an infinite number. I mean, we can Mm -hmm. talk like that there, there could be 
a lot mm-hmm. of universes before this, but it had to start at some point, mm-hmm. right? Like, and even if, even if everything collapsed in upon itself, universe-wise, and then exploded and created a new universe, there was still something there the whole time. Right. So that was an initial cause. Right. Right. Because the universe collapsed in upon itself and then exploded and created a new one and then collapsed in upon itself and then exploded. I mean, all of those, there's already something to work with. Right. So, I mean, we can entertain a lot of things, especially when we're trying to get to the root of truth. Sometimes we have to not believe something, Mm -hmm. but entertain something in order to get to a a full point Mm -hmm. right and that like big bang right oh man so many people so many people are like big bang big bang big bang yeah and there can't be god because i remember i remember when i was a kid like when i was was like big bang wasn't a thing there's no way god created it all but like can you imagine how loud and how explosive it would have been for God to literally say a word and an entire universe pop into existence? <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, uh, like that would have been a huge bang. Yeah. I mean, not just big, but huge, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to to entertain in in order to get to the point mm-hmm. that, yeah, all right, sure, let's even entertain macroevolution we talked about that mm-hmm. recently like yep. let's even entertain that for a moment like let's just get back to the very beginning mm-hmm. and let's let's figure out what the initial uh cause was mm-hmm. yep right like it it has to be something timeless right immaterial right you know um what spaceless timeless immaterial um personal mm-hmm. because things don't just randomly happen right uh, not not things of of the magnitude of creation, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, what else could you put in that name? Right. Like, I mean, that's that's that is the basic essential of what we call God. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I believe God is more than that, mm-hmm. obviously, but I mean, that in and of, of itself is like the root of what God is, mm-hmm. the basic of what we call God. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that that pretty much sums it up. Like, something had to happen in there. And whether you subscribe to the multiverse theory or I think that was a Stephen Hawking idea concept of multiverse, and, you know, he's, he was a pretty, pretty profound atheist in his time as well, but he could never get past, back to the point of well, where did it all start? Right, because it all had a beginning somewhere, somehow you know, along the way, and the Bible is the only thing that offers that that points to the person in the beginning. God, this is how it all happened. Mm-hmm. Which Genesis isn't even meant to speak to the how; it's meant to speak to the who and the why these things happened, and and yet those words are all we need to understand how it happened. In the beginning, God. Something, something else that I really like that Frank Turek says, and, and he baits everybody into it mm. whenever he says it. Um, and I, I just love it because it's, it's such a great bait. Um, and that is, you know, the greatest miracle of the entire Bible. And 
most people who have been in the church for a long time are like, Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, like that is the most church answer. And that's not the greatest miracle of the Bible. The greatest miracle in the Bible was in the beginning, God, Mm. right? Like, and if that, if that didn't happen, nothing else matters, right? So I I just love that, that, that statement that like the greatest miracle has already happened and it's proven and nobody denies it. Yep. That that yeah. the universe was created. You can't deny it. Boom. I exist. <laughs> like right. Yeah. Right. I mean, even even if you believe you're a simulation, yeah. you still were created, mm-hmm. right? By a being that we can only call God. Mm-hmm. And if that is not if we're not in reality right now, mm-hmm. right? Like if someone created a simulation and we are walking through it, because this is another theory that actually the same guy post uh really confusing but um even if we're in a simulation that someone else created that person being of material of sorts right mm-hmm. like there had to be a beginning mm-hmm. i mean at some point there had to be a had to be a beginning so that's that's the coolest thing like i, I don't know Greatest miracle is undeniable. Even Stephen Hawking agreed that it happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I think we've kind of got past who who is God. At least he exists, right? Right. So we we can't question that. Any, I mean, we can question it, but it's not going to do us any good. Yeah, a point. being who is spaceless, timeless, immaterial, and personal. Yeah. So beyond all that, as well. Another big argument is that God is just, okay, there is a God, but he's just completely disconnected. He's just completely aloof. Like, he he put it all together, and he said, this is too messed Spin. up for me. Yep. I'm done. Hit play. Yep. Walk away. Yep. So completely disconnected from humanity, and that's it. That's so a deistic left- belief, right? Like yes. Like, that's, that's what deism yep. states. Yep. Yep. So... You know, that's another big thing that a lot of people will subscribe to. And, you know, you could go into, um, obviously, the deist, or you could probably tread on the agnostic phase as well. Like, eh, like they they just usually say, I don't know, and that's okay, and I'm okay with not knowing. And right. you don't know either, so you're just hypothesizing it can't be known that's agnostics are like yeah that knowledge can't be known so i mean they're i would say they're two different boats okay i mean because agnostics believe that you you cannot know you can't know for sure you know which is weird yeah to me but so all right is god just disconnected did he just push play and walk away it feels like it sometimes yeah and and then I don't know. And then something and then else happens, and you're like, us, right? Like, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he he shows you his his personality again, his yeah. personalness, his is, you know, his uh, I don't know, his relationship with us, like, yeah. he, that's all founded upon it. it. But it sometimes it does. It sometimes it feels like, you know, well, <laughs> look at the world now. Yep. You know. Like if there is a God and he is good and just, he had to have just hit play and walk away. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at, I mean, we finally got to a place in America where we're like, okay, now abortion's not mandatorily legal. 
you know what I mean? Like the fact that, uh, okay, we've turned a little bit of a corner, but now, now that kind of just means that for 50 years before that, it just was like, God, where you at? Mm -hmm. Like where, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And then as soon as this happens, like, it almost feels like that again because now we've got states that are like, well, you can kill kill a baby right up until it comes out the womb. Mm-hmm. Some people are talking about later than that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I can understand why someone could believe that, man, he had to have just pushed play yep. and walked away from it, yep. you know, and just let it go. Yeah, I mean... That's why we're given the Bible specifically, and I mean, in a big a big part of that, the history of Israel, like they are there to be the proof that God didn't just walk away. Right. He formed a nation from a person, from a single solitary person, from Abraham, and he built this nation that, uh, what? See, Abraham was twenty five hundred BC, four thousand BC. 2,500? Something like that. Something like that. And then you've got, in the next thousand years, that nation grows to millions of people, that individual's offspring that were promised. And you see it happen in the slavery that existed then in, uh, in Egypt, and then you find it as God is so there, like he did these miraculous things and led those people out of that slavery, took them into the land of Canaan where they ended up ousting this other people group that were the abomination, right? God bringing his judgment upon them. And you see that regardless of how hard the nation and people of Israel have been oppressed over the course of since their very beginning, they've still remained, which is really incredible. I mean, they're a testimony to the fact that God is is present. And then, I mean, you have to move all the way up to, to Christ, really. He is the, the crescendo of God is still very active and present. The fact that we were so meaningful to him that he dawned the flesh of humanity and and lived a life that I know some people argue his existence or not, but it's another one where there's some really substantial proof and and maybe it's not it's not the direct overt kind of thing, but there is more proof through biblical texts and through um, even some extra biblical texts that points to the existence of this Jesus. There's more proof of that than there are a lot of others that we we take at face value. Julius Caesar, right? There are there's more evidence that Jesus existed from a, from a liter, literary standpoint than there is that Julius Caesar existed. That's wild. We and we don't even question that. That's right? crazy. Like we're like we love his dressing. Please, sir, give me another. <laughs> right? Put some chicken on there. Right? Definitely can't can't leave out the chicken. Yeah. So. We're so quick to step into this place of of denying these things, and God is revealing himself. And, and I get maybe mm-hmm. now we're like, where's God 
now? Like, right. is he disconnected in our lives? Well, and you said you said it crescendoed to Jesus, but I, I think that it crescendoed to the Holy Spirit as uh, far as what we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, not yeah, obviously true. the the salvation of humanity uh, crescendoed to Jesus, right. but we're talking about his personal interaction with us, and it's crescendoed to the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah, that's true. We're yeah. no longer bound by the idea that we have to go to a temple and have somebody else talk to God for us. Mm-hmm. Like, he's with us, ever-present. Right. And opening our eyes to be able to understand things. Like, like, like what I'm reading now. I mean, right. that's totally Holy Spirit. Yep. Going like, hey, look. Check this out. Yeah. Get rid of the way you used to think about things. Yep. You know, like, here's, here's something new to you. Yep. Not new to him, yep. but new to you. Yep. That that you didn't understand before. Like, because, A, it was, you weren't ready to understand it, right? But, like, also because it's time for you to understand it, you know? All right, so you have not seen or heard this, but our, the power has gone out twice when we've been another 15 minutes into this, landing this thing and wrapping this thing up. So, y'all, this is just what you're getting, because Florida, right? Florida thunderstorms in the afternoon. This is what happens. So who is God? He's present. Who is God? He's connected. Who is God? I went on this whole spiel about how he's incomprehensible and we can't actually fully know who he is. So use your imagination. Just know that. (laughs) So God is good. God is present. God is here. God is Jesus. God is spirit. God is father. And not necessarily in that order, if there is an order, um, I guess that's for another podcast. We'll talk about that. So the most amazing thing about him is that we can't fully understand him. Yep. He is actually bigger and greater than we are. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's why it takes all of us to come together as believers to begin to satisfy his image. Yeah. It's why we we're called together to worship together in, in church. It's why we're told every tribe, t- tongue and nation will come and bow before him. And, there's substance when we put all these diverse pieces together. So, um, man, it's been a lot of fun, even though we've actually done this podcast now three times, um, even though you don't <laughs> really know that, but we do. So, uh, hey, if, if you if you got a question about who God is, we would love to talk to you about that. You can shoot us uh, an email at thetruthresponse uh, at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the social medias. I think we're only on Facebook. I don't know. Look, and you'll find out. Um, and we would love to hear from you and some of your comments. If if you're questioning who God is or where he is at in that struggle or that trial or that hardship or or maybe how he works in the glory and the grace of the good things that happen, uh, hey, we, we would love to, to talk with you about that. So been a great time, and we look forward to chatting with you again next week. Y'all be good, and God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.